The follow-up is simple. Ask a question, listen to the answer, then follow up. I'm your host, Noah Kozlov. Enjoy. The follow-up today is with Clifton Brown. He is the sports enterprise writer for the Indianapolis Star, but spent 19 years at the New York Times. From 1997 to 2004, he was the golf writer, so he covered Tiger Woods in his prime when Tiger won eight majors during that time period. So, Cliff, I want to know, is there a detail that still sticks in your mind that tells the story of what it was like to cover Tiger in his prime? When you asked me that question, Noah, the first thing that popped in my mind was uh, when people look at Tiger Woods, they just can't take their eyes off him. And the incident that popped in my mind was, the first time my wife met Tiger Woods, uh, my wife and I were standing outside of a hotel waiting for a cab. And Tiger returned from dinner, got out of the cab and saw me. And he had never met my wife. And he saw us standing together. So he came up and, you know, introduced himself. And we started talking. And when we started talking, there was nobody around us. And as we were talking, people stopped because they saw Tiger Woods. <laughs> And within, I'd say, two minutes, there were like 150 people around us just watching us talk. And so Tiger is so used to blocking out people that he didn't really realize what was happening until finally someone came in his peripheral vision. And he looked around, and we were like surrounded by people. And he just looked at us, and he said, I'm sorry, I got to go. So nice to meet you. <laughs> and he went into the hotel. And that is what it was like, and it still is like, being around Tiger. When people see him, they can't take their eyes off him. Whether they like him, don't like him, whether he's playing well, not playing well, that's how, what it's like. And that's what he will bring back to golf if he can stay healthy. The eyes will come back to golf because Tiger is playing. So you're not surprised at all by how many people are rooting for Tiger now, given everything that's happened in his past off the course? No, because the sport is not the same without him. Mm -hmm. And there's certainly been enough time where we haven't had Tiger Woods playing golf, where we've seen what it's like with him and without him. And with him, it's better. Even if you're rooting for the person who he's trying to beat, it's better for that person. It's better for everybody if Tiger's playing golf. It's better for the young guns who you know, have certainly done a good job getting their own, you know, attention and credit, but they want to be Tiger Woods. They want him to be playing. They want the crowds back. They want the ratings back. They want the prize money to keep going up. And they want to see, you know, the greatest player, certainly of his generation, arguably the greatest ever played or certainly one of the greatest back in the sport. So, yeah, I think anybody who likes golf is rooting for Tiger Woods. And some people who, who have not been watching golf for the past four or five years, we'll come back if he comes back. Now, you covered Jordan also. Were there similarities between the two as far as being captivating? Yes, absolutely. Uh, no question. But the biggest difference to me with Jordan and Tiger in that way is that Jordan was okay with, uh, more okay, I would say, with attention than Tiger. Uh, you know, no famous person now. Uh, I don't think wants every detail, maybe the Kardashians, but uh, <laughs> of their life exposed. But Jordan 
was more comfortable um, in the spotlight. And Tiger, I don't think Tiger wants to be famous. He enjoys the perks that come with it, the front row seats, the money, stuff like that, you know, going to the restaurant and having to wait. But he's a very private person. That's why he named the Yachty's that privacy, because he would rather just play golf and go home. Whereas Jordan, I think, you know, playing a sport where, you know, I think he was more used to being a center of attention, he just seemed to handle that better. So there are some differences, but a lot of similarities. Was it difficult to cover Tiger as a journalist because of how much he meant to that sport? Uh, you know, that's a very good question, though. It could be. For me, it never was. I mean, I guess the stickiest situation, because I had stopped covering golf before he started having his personal issues, mm-hmm. the stickiest situation I was involved with him was with the Augusta situation where, you know, there were no women members at the time and people were calling for him to boycott golf or boycott the Masters, I should say, and take a harder stand, you know, we're trying to get them to include a, a woman member. And that's, again, not something he was comfortable with. So, you know, I had to write a story about how, you know, other athletes in the past, you know, whether it be Billie Jean King or Jim Brown or certainly many others, use their platform to try and affect social change. Tiger was not comfortable doing that. Um, and so, yeah, there were situations where, okay, obviously you write something like that. He's not going to be pleased with it, but I talked to him about it. And he was honest saying, yeah, that's not what, um, he feels most comfortable doing. And just because you're a great player or a great athlete does not make you an expert on other things. Yet there are a lot of times when if you're the best player in the world in your sport, People want you to comment on certain things. They want you to take a stand on certain things. Some guys are comfortable in that role. Some guys are not. Tiger most definitely is not. Just because you have the platform doesn't mean you have to use it. That's how I always felt. Yeah. I mean, now it can, I admire people who do. Sure. um, Because it can affect social change. Yep. And you're going to get criticism. Uh, You know, we always say as reporters, you know, and even people. But certainly as reporters, we love when athletes are outspoken. We love to get great quotes that are going to make people read our stories and make people think. But then with that will come criticism because everyone is not going to agree with what you say. So there are plenty of people who say, oh, I wish this guy would say something. Then when he says something, oh, how can he say that? So (laughs) It's a a no-win situation. So unless you're really passionate about it, yeah, in some ways it's like, why, why should I put myself out there and deal with all this stuff that's going to come with it. With all the time you spent around Tiger, did you feel like you actually knew him? (laughs) I feel like we never know an athlete the way we think we might unless you spend a lot of time in their personal life. Mm -hmm. So, no, I never felt like um, I knew Tiger like the way I know my friends, the way I know my family. No, we had a very good relationship professionally, um, I never had his, his private number. Um, but when I wanted to talk to him about something, if I called, um, you know, his agent, he would always have Tiger get back to me or Tiger would choose to get back to me. So he had enough respect for me. He knew when I wanted something special that I wasn't probably going to waste his time. And I didn't, I didn't ask for that often, but you know, we didn't socialize you know, away from the golf course. Um, so, no, 
I didn't feel like I knew him, but I knew certain things about him that maybe a lot of people didn't know just because we spent so much time talking um, on the golf course. He loved to talk during his pro-am rounds on Wednesdays. He used to play at 6 a.m. He always wanted to tee off first so he could do the pro-am and get out. And we would, he would actually, there were times when he would actually call me out onto the course hmm. doing a pro-am because he would rather talk to me than some of the people he was playing with. So <laughs> during, during those times, we would have some great conversations about things that had nothing to do with golf. So those were the moments where I thought, okay, I know him more than I did before we had this conversation. But no, I never felt like I was in his quote-unquote inner circle. What did he like to talk about? Well, he loves sports. Um, he loves uh, he loves anything competitive. Even I remember him, he used to watch those uh, National Geographic animal kingdom type things where, you know, uh, tigers and lions and bears would be in the wild. Uh-huh. And he liked... He liked tigers and like he liked strong animals. Like huh. he's a big he's a big believer in only the strong survive. And he used to he used to be fascinated by how certain animals would react in certain situations and what they would do when they sense danger, what they would do when they sense prey. He felt like, you know, animals were really instinctive. And it kind of spoke to his personality. I mean, because on a golf course, he can sense when an opponent is intimidated by him, when an opponent is, the moment is too big for him, and he will play on those things. He will give, you know, opponent a look at the right time or, you know, stand in a certain way to try and rattle the guy he's playing against because, as he said, the strong survive. Cliff, good talking to you. Thanks for the time. Thanks, Noah. Tiger Woods is currently the 544th ranked golfer in the world. Is there more interest in the 544th best anything than there is for Tiger? On February 19, 2018, it was eight years to the day of his public apology for his rampant infidelity, about four months after his wife chased him out of the house with a golf club during Thanksgiving 2009. That on top with so many injuries led to one of the greatest falls from the top in sports history. But that's what we seem to want. The rise, the dramatic fall, and the grind to get back up again. As Cliff said, golf is better with Tiger Woods in the field, no matter his condition. And he's scheduled to play this week at the Honda Classic, an event he's never won and first played in 1993 when he was just 17 years old. Do you root for Tiger? Let me know either way. On Twitter and Facebook, at Noah Kozlov. Thanks for taking the time to join us on the follow-up. The follow-up is a production of Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit vocalnow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L-N-O-W dot com.